by declaring our vision. And let's say it with some authority this morning and say it like we believe it because I know that we do. Hallelujah. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. We thank God for this time of worship. We thank God that our hearts are open and our hearts are ready to worship the Lord on this morning. You know, that's the way that we receive from God is that we're open and that we're ready to receive from Him. And my prayer this morning is that we'll be like that woman with the issue of blood in the Bible who said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. And I don't know what your issue is this morning, but if you could just reach out and touch him, touch him with your worship this morning, touch him with your faith this morning, with your prayer, with your praise, whatever you have, touch him in faith and knowing that I will be made whole. My situation will be made whole, that I'm not going to leave this place the same way that I came in. Amen? Amen. A lot of times we can come into church, we can come into worship the same way, week after week after week after week, and we're looking for the pastor or the worship team to do something for us. But we need to come ready to pour our hearts out to the Lord. We need to come ready to minister to him. And it's not about what we can give to you, it's what we can give to him in this time. And if we can just pour our hearts out to him, he has so much more for us. That's what I feel this morning. The Lord has so much more for us. If we will only just reach out in faith and receive it. It was many people there when she reached out, but only she received. Why? Because she reached out in faith. I'm reaching out in faith this morning. I don't know about you. I need some things from the Lord. You may need something from the Lord and you just want to enjoy his presence, but let's reach out in faith. Come on, let's stir ourselves up in the spirit now. Let's just begin to worship him. Let's just begin to go before him now in the spirit. Break it up.
beautiful is our worship to Jesus. Amen. How beautiful it is that we can open our mouths and he receives it. In this world that we live in, in this natural state we live in, sometimes words fail us. <laughs> but we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who helps us to worship God in spirit and in truth. He'll bring the passages of the word that he brought life to back to us. And we can sing them back to God. Or we can pray and worship in the spirit, in other tongues. Or we can worship him just with a quiet heart and with the peace that he brings to us. All of this is God at work in our midst. Amen? All of this is God showing us how to worship him correctly, uprightly, worthily. Amen? Glory to God. Sing that. Day and night, night and day, let worship arise. Day and into the full potential of the little bit of knowledge the little bit that we use with our brain you know we don't use much of our brain unfortunately some more than others but all of that we brought it to him we put it in his hands we received him and we became new and he put an amazing awesome awesome power within us <laughs> he brought all of himself and he poured it into you and so you have much to bring when you worship she said touch him with your worship this morning you have much to bring and touch him with much to bring 
on the inside of you. And you shortchange yourself if you come to God and say, I've got nothing to bring but these open hands. No, you've got a lot on the inside of you. Bring it all. Lay it at his feet. Bring them all of you. Lay it at his feet. He'll take it and he'll make even more of it. He'll touch it with his supernatural on your natural ability. Our pastor Hagen used to say, the natural and the supernatural comes together and makes an explosive force for God. Let him put his super on your natural this morning. Bring it all to him. Bring every part of you to him. All of you. He wants you all. All of you. Don't leave some at home, but give them all of you. And when we say day and night, night and day, let worship rise. Where's that coming from? You were created as a vessel of worship. Everything you do, everything you touch, everything you say should honor and worship our Father. We do it here in this corporate setting, but worship is a lifestyle. It's how we do life, where he's pleased with us every moment of our lives. He's pleased. Then we can come together. And now you talk about supernatural because we've been practicing living out worship every day at home. When we come together, we just tap in to what the Holy Spirit has for this house. I was praying on my way in this morning, just singing songs in the Spirit and just praying and believing that whatever anybody needs when they come, he's going to take care of it. I don't know what that is, but he knows what it is. And she said, like the woman, touch the hem of his garment. You can do so this morning. You can receive whatever it is that you've believed for. It's yours for the taking, but you have to take it. So this morning, I say we lift our hands and we take it by faith. And how do I do that, Father? That thing that's been concerning me, that thing that has been just coming against my mind, that thing that, that's been having me worried and I know I shouldn't, but man, it's been a lot of pressure. The, the devil has just kind of been putting some pressure on me. People around me have been having high expectations and I don't know that I'm living to that expectation. All those things, that, that sickness in my body, that, that miracle that I need in my purse, everything that I need, I'm just placing it in your hands. You said for me to cast all of my cares on you because you are the God who cares for me. And so as the God who cares for me, take it. I give it to you. I'll not touch it again with my thoughts. I'll not touch it again with my words. I'll not give any more thought to that. But I'll just talk to it. And I'll tell it how big you are. Now tell it my father is taking care of it for me. <laughs> I gave it to him. He's taking care of it for me. Amen? Give it to him. Tell him, take care of it for me. Take the care of that for me. And I know you are well able to handle it. <laughs> you do a far better job than we do. Amen? He does a far better job than you and I could ever do with it. Hallelujah. With our limited thinking. <laughs> Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're just listening this morning. We're listening. Bless the Lord God. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. 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 Bless the name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your presence and your power. Your healing anointing that's in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father, that you sent your word and you healed us and delivered us from all destruction. You delivered us from all fear. You delivered us from all the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, God has the final word. Doesn't matter what man says about things, what the media says about things others in your life may say about things. Let God have the final word. Look in his word. See what he says. Because whatever he says it's final. And don't ever doubt it one more day. Don't doubt it one more day. His word is final authority in our life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Rest in that. Know and believe that his word always will have the final say. Amen? No matter what report you receive this week, this month, this year, believe the report of the master, the great physician. Believe it. The great attorney, the great judge, right? The great teacher. Hallelujah. Yeah, financier. Amen. He's taking care of all of it taking care of all of it, and he has the final say, if we'll give it to him. Amen? Why don't you greet one another this morning and take a second to just minister to that person on your left and your right. Hallelujah. Tell them you're glad to see them this morning. You're praying for them, lifting them up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, team. A blessing you are to this house. Good morning, everybody. Um, just a few announcements. Um, remember to pick up your monthly calendar. It's on the table in the foyer. And if you would like to follow our social media sites uh, so you can stay informed to upcoming events, please do so. 
Um, we are excited to be participating in the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Collection this year. And if you haven't picked up a box, they're in the foyer. Um, and there's also handouts for gift suggestions for the different age groups. And also, um, you'll notice within this little pamphlet is a label that's very important to make sure that you um, label your box if it's for a boy or, or a girl and what age group. So um, they'll be able to sort that. And also, there's a suggested donation of $9 per box to cover the shipping and other fees. Um, you can put the donation in the box or you can give your donation online. And those who participate online can go to the Operation Christmas Child website to pick a virtual box. And for those who are here, the deadline to return the filled box is next Sunday, the 21st. So next Sunday, the 21st. Okay, lost it. Okay. So on Wednesday, the 24th, we'll be having our pre-Thanksgiving service at 7 p.m. It's a time to come together to thank God for all his goodness, and we invite everyone to come and to join in expressing their thanks to God. And um, also, there will be on December 4th a movie night that will be hosted by the Kingdom Couples, um, and there is a sign-up sheet on the table in the foyer, or you can also go to uh, Craig or Nature if you need more information. And at this time, we are going to skip. Thank you, sister. Good morning. How are we doing? Are we awake? I feel like I drank 10, 10 cups of coffee. Whew. I'm excited. I do have something I'm going to share with you, and it's not so exciting, but what you just said, oh, man, it's always conf it, it confirms me. And the Holy Spirit, I think he likes to mess with me because I have things that I'm going to say, and I have the order I'm going to go in, steps one, two, three, and then he's like, hey, how about the praise and worship that's going to match up with what you're going to talk about, and how about what the pastor says? What are we believing for? Car? Raise? Job? How about a razor? I know Pastor wants to. I got to get one. I, th I, I keep thinking, oh, next time I go to the store, I'm going to get a razor so I can shave. Because I don't have to, well, right now I'm not working outside. And, uh, you know, if I was, I'd probably just let it go. But I'm not like some people that when they go obeyed, it looks really good. Like Mike back there, your head must be cold, Mike. You should take some of that off and glue it on top, I think. But anyway, veterans. Veterans in this house, veterans online, online, thanks for joining. Appreciate your service. I know sometimes when you, you, you're thanked, I know when I've been out in the world and people are like, thanks for your service. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know. It's, I started saying you're welcome. Because I've, I've talked to counselors and, and therapists and, and could be ashamed. Some veterans are ashamed of their service. And I said, that's not fair. Those that have God as their Lord, that the country is blessed. Amen. And all our veterans in the United States of America, one nation under God. Amen. So, guys, thanks for your service. And if you do need help, reach out to me. I'm here. I know the right avenues, people online, the right avenues, the right steps, because I've had to go through it after 14 years of not knowing what to do. So I'm thankful for that and a supportive voice. One of the things I want to talk about I'm going through, and the Holy Spirit, this is where I'm going to get him involved, is I received something in the mail last night, and it's not one of those checks that I always say I, I get that all the time. It was actually like something different saying you're going to lose workman's compensation for your lower back injury that you did at work back in August. And not until the end of October was I able to see a 
neurosurgeon to find out what's going on. So it was like they were dragging their feet. The insurance company's talking to my company that I work for and talking to the doctor's offices, and they were saying, well, that person that you want to go see is not under the insurance. And then finally they approved it. I went, and they said, uh, it's not approved yet. So I went to the doctor's appointment anyway. And he told me the next steps I had to take. So I'm going to take those steps. And in the process, I'm having to nag the insurance company about taking care of this because I should have been at back at work a couple months ago. But here I am still out of work. And so they're going to shut my compensation off. And I, I looked at pastor and I said, you know, I started getting angry. Well, that, well, well you know, what are you going to do? There's one less paycheck in the house. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know what? That's not for you to fix. You're going to go through the steps. I'm going to go through the steps I have to tomorrow because, of course, I get the letter on a Saturday night. What can you do? So I said, M first thing Monday morning, I'm going to make the correct phone calls, and, and maybe it's just a glitch in the system, or maybe that's their process. But my process with the Lord is that I'm going to be taken care of. And so I was going to just say a couple things about that, and... You know, with the healing of my back, I was going to say, you know what? And the next time I come up here and I'm healed and holding it and have victory, I'll share it with you. But guess what? I already have the victory. He's already taken care of these problems for me. I'm tired of going on online, social media, people trying to tell you what to do, how to think, how to feel. When I just got to look at the Bible and say, what does this tell me? What does my brothers and sisters in Christ tell me? They don't tell me to believe everything I see on Facebook or on Twitter, or what athletes might say. There's a lot of people out there that are condemning the people that serve our country and serve within our communities as first responders. People are losing jobs. We just got to pray for them, pray that everything gets better. And I know it will because we are one nation under God, and eventually we have the victory. So let me get back to business here. Can you put up, it's Mission Sunday, the second Sunday of Every month is Mission Sunday. We give to Cape Verde. We can have a couple pictures up there, if you don't mind. We're doing good things. The smallest amount of money helps because they are a third world country. And what's more important than helping with finances to spread the gospel? Because that's what it's all about. It's not just to have the pastor serving in Cape Verde, living in a big house mansion when there's a lot of need. And so we know that that need that they have is to hear about Jesus and to give them hope. And so that's what we're doing in Cape Verde. And you can give any time towards that, but we like to dedicate the second week, the second Sunday of each month towards that cause. Amen? Next thing, the roof project. Let me tell you, we got some givers in this house. That's why I'm not touching so much on giving and receiving, because I think we all know how that, that works, how that operates. Amen? You don't want to keep beating a dead horse, I know. But I will get back to that. I get to come up here once a month, I think, maybe sometimes more. And I really appreciate it because the Holy Spirit really speaks to me. And it forces me to listen more, not just about what I want to say up here, but other things in my life. So the roof project, we should get this paid off within the next couple weeks, I think. 140. What was our goal? 400 or 350? 400 a week. We're coming short, folks. Let's just lift it up a little bit. You got something that you need? Put it down, that seed. Write exactly what you're believing for and sell it towards the roof project. You're going to get it. 
it's happened to us. I've, I've told people from the pulpit before with our house, vehicles, whatever we've needed, and I'm doing it again for my health situation and for finances because I'm not worried about it. I already have the victory. So we have $1,189 left. We already got 15811 since February. That's good. How many, how many chairs are in this house? There's not a thousand chairs in this house. There's maybe a hundred. And we're not filling them yet, but we will, because we're going to outgrow this building quick. It's already happening. Amen? All right, so now I want to talk about Psalms, Psalm 55, 22. Why do we give and why do we go to God? Psalm 55, 22. I'm going to read it out of the Passion. And this is very simple. So here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, our Lord, our God. And measureless grace will strengthen you. Think about that. I have an issue i got to take care of. God's going to give me the grace to get through it without anxiety, without worry. Because we are going to have the victory. We already do. And that's, goes, that, that, that's also with any project that we have in this church. Any issue that comes up in this church, we already have the victory. Keep that in your heart. We're already winning. Amen? And then the last, it's pretty much on the, it's on the next page. Psalm 56, verses 1 through 4. Lord, show me your kindness and mercy, for these men oppose and oppress me all day long. Not a day goes by but that somebody harasses me. So many in their pride trample me under their feet. But in the day that I am afraid, I lay all my fears before you and trust in you with all my heart. What harm could come could a man bring to me? With God on my side, I will not be afraid of what comes. The roaring praises of God fill my heart, and I will always triumph as I trust in his promises. Folks, we are winners, not losers. We are overcomers. We are rich and not poor. Amen? Now, if you all stand, we'll uh, say our confession. I'm going to come over here. Ready? Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're prosperous in Jesus' name. Now, if you want to come forward and drop your offerings in the bucket, and Pastor will pray over it. Don't forget, today is a new day. It's a new week. Praise him and be thankful for him when we wake up in the morning, and our day will be that much better.
testing. One, two. Ooh, well, sorry, guys, online. I prayed for you. <laughs> it was a good prayer. It's okay. It's a, it was a good prayer. Uh, and so uh, thank you for joining us and participating. When you join us, you don't just uh, join us and watch, right, and spectate, but you participate. You're a part of what we're doing here. Uh, just a reminder about uh, Steve Higgins, who will be coming uh, this uh, next week, well, Friday, this week. <laughs> so he'll be here on Friday evening, he gets in, and on Saturday, he'll be meeting with families. Those who were not uh, present uh, when he came the last time, and I showed that report last week. I mean, you could put that slide up. I, I won't get into it, but uh, you could see that uh, the average time for each household of the 26 or 22 families that received a financial plan uh, was uh, the average time to get completely out of debt, including our mortgage, is 6.99 years. Now, for us, our mortgage is quite high. We don't fall on that average, 6.99 years. For us, everything is within nine years, but that's better than 30. Yeah. <laughs> we were looking at 30. This is 6.9, and that's without changing anything. Even with his job and the things that have been going on, still on track for nine years to be completely out of debt, and, and including our mortgage. Uh, our mortgage. Sometimes it feels that way. Uh, our mortgage. And so uh, if you did not meet, I just want to make clear it's free. It doesn't cost you a penny to meet with them. And those who met with them can attest to that. It doesn't cost you anything to meet and sit in front of them. And so even if you're just like interested in how this works, but you're not really sure, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table, and you'll love Steve, and we get to meet his wife, Mindy. She's coming too. You'll love just having a conversation with them. Just sit with them and find out if you want inf information about the company. Maybe you want to work part-time for them. Maybe you could do this from home. You could do this from anywhere in the world. Uh, and so if maybe you're interested in that, they'll have a meeting to meet with folks on information for that too, Eric and, and Laura are going to be doing that, and so uh, it's a good opportunity. So uh, again, before you leave, sign up on that back table. There's a few people on there. They're coming out here. If you've got a plan and you, you're like, oh, <laughs> things have happened and I have not stayed on the plan, now's a good time to blow the dust off the plan and get in front of them and sit and get that inspiration back, amen? <laughs> So we can, if you're not part of this report, we'd love to have you as part of this report because it will only increase and, and it'll be good for the whole entire body. Amen? Amen? All right. So sign up on that sheet. There's a few names on there now. They're very nice. Uh, there's, there's, there's no pressure. If, if, if like, they'll show you even investing. If you have investments and you're not sure you're on track for retirement, sit with them. They have the wisdom of God, and they bring that into the conversation. That's what I loved, because I'm thinking of retirement in terms of uh, the money that I have aside in my retirement account from working in uh, healthcare for 21 years. I've got money aside. I'm reinvesting that into a, another opportunity because it looks right. And I, I feel a peace about doing that. So they'll help you do all of that, life insurance, all of that stuff, a will. They'll help you do all of it. They'll set you on the right direction and give you some ideas for other things that maybe you didn't think about. So a good conversation to have with them, uh, and, and I think you'll be blessed by it. 
All right, before uh, we move forward, I don't have much time here, but we're gonna do this. Uh, I do have uh, some information to bring forward about a leadership change here in this church. Uh, as you know, we value honest communication. We say that uh, it's one of our values, honest communication. I also value accountability. Those are two things we honor in this church. So this morning, I am going to honestly communicate this to you, and uh, then we'll go from there. So uh, those of you who know uh, Justin Barrows, he has been with us since 99, since we started the church. He's family to us. We love Justin. He has served as the youth pastor here at the church from uh, 2018 till the present time. And so on Monday, he wrote us a letter and he has resigned from the position of youth pastor here at the church. And so uh, I just ask, and I just want you to know, first of all, that there has been no misconduct, no wrongdoing, no sin, none of that on his part, none of it. His letter states that at this time of his life, as you know, the pastoral position comes with great responsibility. And with responsibility, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. At this time of his life, he is not able to uh, fulfill those requirements. And that's what he stated in the letter. And so I've released him from that position, but I am asking you to support him in his next steps. I am asking you as his family to pray for him and Christy and the family and uh, just be supportive of him in everything he endeavors to do going forward. Amen? Glory to God. And I hope that each of you understand as I've been meeting with my board and my leadership team, I want to make sure I'm clear here that you are a significant member of this body, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. It's because of who you are, not just the things you do. And Justin is still very much a significant part of this body. Amen. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Now, as I was uh, going through the process of what's going to happen now for our teens, teens, I want you to listen up. Uh, uh, this is for you this morning because God works everything out, everything. Unbeknownst to me, while all this was going on, I had no idea that God was working everything out behind the scenes, but he did. And so I'm so glad for that. So on Sunday, I got a message from Mike Clark, who you know as the head of security or uh, usher, uh, you know, you know him in that role. I got a message from him asking to meet on Monday, that following last Monday. And so I said, oh, okay, you know, wonder what this is about. I figured it's something about ushering, something about setting up more chairs, I don't know, something about his natural talents and abilities. And so on my ride here, I was talking to God about it, and I always do that before I meet with anyone. I'm praying in the spirit, my 12 minutes here, and I said something that just kind of struck me. I said, you know, we've always tapped into Mike's natural abilities because he's always there. He's the one that will pick up the slack in any situation, always does. He is just there and he's good at what he does. But we've not tapped into him in the spiritual area. We've not pulled on him for those spiritual gifts. Now, you, when you usher and stuff, yeah, there's a spiritual component to that. But like a, a spiritual part of it, I'm like, why haven't we tapped into him? I, I watch Mike. I watch him as I teach, as I watch all of you. And he takes notes, and he's amening, and he's doing this. But on Monday, 
this man regurgitated to me what I've taught over the past 11 months. <laughs> he, he has leaned in and God is working on him. So I can stand here and tell you what our conversation is about or I can let him tell you. So he's going to tell you because he, he just gets real excited and I know it's going to just excite you. Okay, like she said, I did, there's a lot behind the scenes uh, before that text message went out. It's been something that's been on my heart for a long time. Um, that's why I did reach out to Christy and Justin when they started to kind of help in that area. Uh, so we did the events and stuff with the kids, but it just kept coming up. Every time we had something going on here at the church, every time she was preaching, it came up. The John Maxwell team would come up, you know, to step out, to do, to do more. So I, it just... It kept coming up, it kept coming up, and so after the John Maxwell meeting, I was had all intentions for talking to Pastor Maria to let her know where I was and what I was thinking, um, but then the whole Justin thing happened, and I didn't want to make things more difficult than they already were going to be or what I perceived that they would be, so I was like, I'm not going to say anything, I'm just going to keep it to myself, because that's what I've been doing for <laughs> almost two years, just keeping it to myself, and it, I was comfortable there. You know, yeah. So then I talked to my daughter, who's in Justin's class, and she came. She had said she had mentioned to me, "So what's going to happen to our class?" And I said, "Well, how upset would you be if it's just going to be a little while?" She's like, "Oh, what are we going to do? Just sit upstairs?" Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> she said, "Can't you do it?" So it just was a confirmation yeah. of what I've been thinking about mm. and what I've been hearing. Mm. So I'm like, "All right." So then I came to church that following Sunday, and Pastor Maria was talking about how sometimes people don't step out because you have that. Mm. thought of the old you or how you used to be or decisions you made yeah. that stop you from stepping out. And I felt like she was talking to me the whole time. <laughs> so I said to myself, I'm going to tell her today before I leave. I want to meet with her on Monday. I knew I had Monday off. I'd taken a bunch of days off. It was near my birthday. And I was just like, hey, I don't want to go to work, so I'm going to take some <laughs> days off. So I had Monday off. So I'm like, I'm going to ask her to meet on Monday. I chickened out <laughs> again. I went home and my wife was sitting at the house just relaxing and she's like, so what are you thinking? And she knows what, because I, I had opened up to her and talked to her about it. Just, that was it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was going to talk to her, but then I didn't. So I wrote the text message, and I'm like, <laughs> just waiting, and then I hit send. So <laughs> it's not easy. Like I said to her, for this, for me, it's like, you know, when they say you step it out on the water and, and try something different. Amen. I told her, I said, for me, it's like stepping out. On a, into a typhoon. It's not that still water that you like, I could do this. It's, I, I think it's time. It was time for Amen. a change. I've been ushering here for almost 15 years. Yes, yes. Uh, every service, you have great teams. I've ushered mm -hmm. with Justin and Thomas yeah. and Gary and Donnie. We've had a great team of people, and it was just weird. Today, I wasn't <laughs> ushering. I was sitting in the seat. It's different. Like Thomas said in our meeting, once an usher, always an usher. I feel myself looking out the window. <laughs> people coming in. Um, but I'm just, like like she said, the word excited. Mm. At the start of this year, that was my word. She said, you know, like, does anyone have a word that stands yeah. for them? And that yeah. was my word, excitement. Mm -hmm. And like I said to her, I wish there was another word. <laughs> if I had a bigger vocabulary, I could come up with a better. Great word. <laughs> but the excitement is there. Yeah. Um, I haven't stopped thinking about serving downstairs and the Amen. different ideas that come up. Amen. I'm super, super excited Amen. about being down there with the kids 
and continuing on where Justin started. And um, I just want to thank everybody for the opportunity. Pastor Mike, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And I'm just excited. Yeah. So, so meet Mike Clark, our new youth leader. So that's, that's going to take him a little bit to receive that title because he was, I'm like, so you're our youth leader. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but my excitement, as you see, it's best coming from him because as I was sitting, I had told Eric on the way, whatever is discussed, I don't know what we're discussing today, but I am not going to say yes to anything. I am just going to pray about anything because I didn't know what the conversation was going to be. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is everything that... I've been teaching and everything that God brought him, it was a three-hour meeting. And I never have three-hour meetings. I'm like thinking one hour is a lot to meet because if you can't accomplish something in one hour, then you don't need to be meeting. So I'm like 30-minute meetings for stuff that is for one part of the ministry. Three-hour meeting. Why? God used him to encourage me and strengthen me. And so I was so excited about uh, this. We're going to just keep using that word. And uh, we want to thank you for everything that you've done up to date uh, with the ushering team and with, with all of that. So let's show him some appreciation for that. I mean, that doesn't, that's not a small thing. That's not a small thing. And so uh, he has, like he said in one of our meetings, he said, now I'm stepping aside and stepping into something else. And I look at this as you can go into something or you can grow into something. And Mike has truly grown into this position. He has, he's not just going into it, he's grown into it. And so we thank God for that. That's, I, I'm like, if anybody has walked that out and you know, we all have a past and we all have things and God can use that to minister to our youth because he's seen some things done some things amen so I'm excited about this and uh, so for the teens you'll be going down with Mike today today will be your first time heading down there with him now Mike already has a relationship with many because he's involved in the youth ministry with them and so uh, that's a good thing when we talked to the leadership they were like oh yeah we see you over there fist bumping them and doing all this so they already have that he has that rapport with them they've looked at a curriculum he's excited about the curriculum in fact he let me know he's excited about the curriculum you know i love i get texts from mike often so i'm excited i'm still excited (laughs) and and if you know what mike said at the beginning of this year when we were heading into this year he said i have an issue with like starting something and not being excited through the and he's been excited all year long we're 11 months in right we're in november He's super excited. Do you hear that? Super excited. And every time he comes, he's confessing that too. And he is. And it's contagious. Amen? Anything else that we should add or anything? Yeah, let's pray for him. Stretch your hands out to him. (laughs) Much grace required when working with some young people. John Maxwell puts them in the MC, what is it? Much grace required. MGR category. Much grace required. And so you have teens, you know. <laughs> Grandkids. Father, we just thank you for Mike. I thank you for your anointing on his life to carry out this next part of his calling and his mission. We thank you, Father, that you have instilled it in him. It's been there. And I thank you that he is stirring it up right now and he's stepping out in obedience. So whenever we step out in obedience, we meet with your grace. So we thank you, Father, for your grace that's upon his life right now to serve as our youth leader. 
of this house. I thank you, Father, that the kids will be blessed because he is in this role and that he will be blessed because he is in this role. I thank you, Father, for wisdom, understanding, excitement, inspiration, ideas, concepts, everything that he needs, which you've equipped him with already. I call it to come forth right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Now, kids, uh, teens, you are dismissed. <laughs> the rest of you stay put. Even the kids at heart, stay put. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We know that that's going to be a good thing. Amen? Now, that leaves, um, some would say, a whole avoid in the area of the ushers team and greeters and uh, in, in that team. And so uh, I don't look at it as that. I look at it as an opportunity. There are several opportunities on this team. And so what we're talking about is we need eight individuals total to have a good ushers team. Right now we have three. And so on a good day, eight is what we need. We've talked about it, and eight is the number. And so we have three who are committed to it. We could use five more. And here's the deal. If you're not called to that, that's not your area that you see yourself working in down the line, but you're willing to help us with the shift that's taking place right now, you can see Mr. Eric to start with, and then uh, we'll get you in place. The minute God brings and he will someone else who that's their calling, you can be off the team, okay? But it's, I would say at least six months. So a six-month commitment to work in that area of ministry once per month, just once per month. Did you hear me? Once per month. If we have eight people, the job will require that you work once per month in the next six months. You'll not miss service because ushers are here in the service. So it's a great job. <laughs> so you'll be a part of the service. In fact, you will help make ministry happen. And so it's an important role. If you would like to sign up for that, you could see Mr. Eric. Again, if that's not where you ultimately want to end up, that's fine. Let him know I'm doing this just to help right now. Uh, but when someone comes, you'll be the first one off the team, okay? Glory to God. This is how we do it here in this church, amen? God is on the move. And he thinks of everything before we even think about it. Hallelujah. I'm excited, like Mike said, extremely excited. All right, let's do this. Uh, we have a few minutes here. Uh, we are on part 14 of what? The Holy Spirit and his gifts. We are on part 14. We'll probably do one more. If I can't get through this, which I'm probably not, uh, then we'll, we'll do two more. Uh, this is week, it's, it's part 14, but it's not week 14 because we've had some times in between where we had to do something else. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, can you put that up there? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. All right, he's going to put it up there. Who's reading it for us this morning? Come on up. Glory to God. Mm. Come on, Mr. Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> if he doesn't, I have it written down too. We might have, we might have an issue. Oh, I probably didn't get it up there for him. I probably missed that one, huh, Ivan? He said, uh-huh. Here you go. Here, Jeff. Here you go. It's right here. It goes, do you, do you need glasses or anything? Okay, you're good. So it goes right here. 27 to 14? Uh, hold on one sec. 
right here. Okay, right here. 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. But first, the ministration of the Spirit is given to each one for the Spirit of all, for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues another the interpretation of tongues but to one in the same spirit work all these things distributing to each one individually as he will that's it amen. thank you amen. thank you so much amen even though we had a little glitch sorry Ivan about that <laughs> all right thank you mr. Jeff appreciate that so we see it's as he wills those are the nine gifts of the spirit we are on the very last one <laughs> and we waited for uh the last one we're talking about the power gifts the gifts that do something and we've talked about the gift of faith we've talked about last week the working of miracles and this week we're talking about the gifts of healings hallelujah and we read about it in verse 9. the gifts some some translations say the gifts of healings and some say the gift of healings. So the healings, though, in the Greek and the word gifts are both plural. And that's important to note. We'll talk about that in a minute. The gifts of healings are given by God for the supernatural healing of disease without natural means from any source. It goes beyond medical science and intellect. Remember, all these gifts are supernatural when they come from the Holy Spirit, all of them. It's significant that the words, like I said, gifts and healings are both plural in the Greek because uh, even though we don't see it always translated that way, this tells us there are different aspects of the spiritual manifestation. All of them are to produce healing, but in different ways. Some say it's plural, uh, because there are different kinds of diseases, and then they try to get into naming all the, you know, all of that. Uh, but, and they say one gift wouldn't heal all kinds. Uh, so some say that uh, it's an opinion, but it, it makes sense. Uh, last week we looked at the working of miracles, and the working of miracles is also a supernatural. We see where it can be healing, and it, uh, it overrides or temporarily suspends uh, the, the natural working, um, and so it, it happens instantly. So uh, it, would, uh, it would supersede the natural order of things. So we saw like the Red Sea, or uh, if you broke a bone and God supernaturally healed it in less than six to eight weeks, you know, very quickly, anything like that. So the gifts of healing, though, doesn't always happen instantly, the gifts of healings, not always. In fact, in Greek, it's a word that means to cure, and although it's divine in nature, it refers to more of a progressive 
result in the grief. That's what it, it says like a doctor would cure someone over time, except it's not natural. That's what it means in Greek, it's progressive. So it's very often a supernatural cure that begins with the prayer and at times the laying on of hands, but the, the healing may take full effect over a process of time, over a series of time or a period of time. Not always, but in most cases. Now it's interesting that some say this gift is the most controversial of all gifts. And then you say, some say it's the most simple gift because everybody knows what healing is. If I say healing, you know, sometimes word of wisdom, what, tongue, what? You know, people don't know what these things are. But healing is a word we all know. And so it should be very simple. You know, we overcomplicate things sometimes. Uh, those who complicate this gift, it really is around how many diseases are there? And so how many, that's how many. When you start going down that road, you can get off. But in this church, we've not been studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit to win debates or arguments or to look really smart. <laughs> that's not why we're studying this. We're not studying it for that purpose. We're studying these gifts so we can have a basic understanding of them, just basic understanding how they manifest, and because we know that God wants every Christian to function in these gifts, we're learning and increasing our expectation, our desire, our hunger to be used by God in this way when he chooses to do so. And that's what we're doing. How do we make us, ourselves available for this? And so we don't need to overcomplicate it. Amen. We're keeping it very simple. I mean, I'm not a complicated person. I'm very simple. Some might say simple-minded. Okay, remember, as we've said, all the gifts are supernatural. And when a person operates in this gift, they don't have to know anything about medical science. They don't need to know anything about how your body heals. They don't need to take any classes like that. They don't need to know that. The manifestation goes beyond our intellect and understanding or even our giftings. And just as other gifts do. Amen? Luke, the disciple, was a physician. We know that from the word of God. And remember, he traveled with Paul. He was there through the different uh, missionary journeys that Paul had. And if you'll remember in Acts 28, he was, uh, gave the account of when Paul healed Publius, the chief of the island there, the father of the chief or whatever. He healed him. Well, uh, Luke didn't say, well, I took him aside and I gave him this remedy or this herb or I found this grass in the field. And No, he didn't do any of that. He didn't talk about the healing aspect in that way at all. He said Paul laid his hands on him and he was healed. And then they brought others to him and they were healed. Now, it doesn't say if they were healed instantly. It doesn't, it doesn't indicate that at all. And so the important part is they were healed, <laughs> right? They were healed. Now, in this church, I just want you to know that we believe in doctors. I worked in healthcare for 21 years. I worked with lots of physicians, had wonderful conversations with uh, physicians. And so we believe, and I believe, that being a doctor is a calling. In fact, I talked to a wonderful radiologist, very well known, and right before I was leaving, he asked what I was going to do, and I told him, and a lot of them said, well, if you need a reference, if that doesn't work out, <laughs> being a senior pastor, let us know. We'll give you a great reference for something else, because they don't understand that. And so the calling aspect is even lost on them, and so how it applies to their uh, calling. But he, when he heard that, he had to call me. He called, and he said, oh, 
He said, uh, I knew that this would be something that you do. He said, I believe what I do. He's a, he's a radiologist, but he also teaches at Brown University. He said, when I teach, I feel that that's a calling too. And I said, you're right, it's a calling. It's lost on some physicians. It's lost on some in different specialties. It's lost, though, but those who know it is, they act like it, right? I love to go to doctors that I know, oh, this is what they were born to do, right? Or teachers, this is what they were born to do. You just see the joy and the love for people in it. Whatever, whatever the specialty is, you can see it. And so I agree. I believe uh, that it's a calling, and we believe in doctors in this church. And God has called many people to be doctors, and there are a lot of Christian ones. Uh, there's a lot of good Christian doctors out there, too. And I'm very good about going to my annual appointments for my eyes and everything else, for my dentist, for the doctor, all of that, because we believe in medical science. I believe that uh, it's good to go to the doctor. And so we're not saying do not go, believe for the gifts of healings. No, we're saying when you need to go to the doctor, you need to do what you need to do and make sure you follow their instruction. But we also believe that God can heal supernaturally. Amen? We believe that as well. We believe that he does heal supernaturally. And so we just have to be led by him with what he wants us to do at that particular moment. And nobody else can tell you. You have to know for yourself. Amen? But don't not go to the doctor. It's important. We heard a testimony a few weeks ago about someone who didn't. <laughs> and uh, now, you know, he's making sure he does the right thing because he went for years without going. And when he got COVID and had that collapsed lung and everything, it was a hard, hard time for him. But thank God for supernatural healing. And that's when he, why he's still with us today. Amen? Glory to God. All right. But there's a difference between God's methods of healing, which is supernatural, and medical science, which is natural. When God does the healing, there's no prescription. <laughs> there's no errors. We had a lot of errors at the hospital I worked at. It was in the news a lot. <laughs> a little scary. Wrong site surgeries. They put an X on this side, but you got surgery on the other. Oh, not good. And it was a lot of lawsuits. Well, when God does it, there are no errors. <laughs> and guess what? It's free. <laughs> the best part about it. Ever go broke trying to pay your bills for your medical bills? I would always tell anybody that's like struggling with bills, just send them $3 a week or, or a month. I said, as long as you send them something, just send it. It doesn't matter. It's like $2. It'll be fine. You know, that's the last bill you can pay. But uh, it's expensive to get good care these days. Well, God can heal free of charge supernaturally. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And his word is our prescription. And it's just easy. It goes down very easy. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, supernatural healing can come by laying on of hands, anointing with oil, or sometimes just speaking the word. There are three ways that we as individuals, uh, there's probably more, but three ways I'll mention that we can get healed. One, by praying for yourself. Do you know that that's the biggest way? <laughs> that's, that happens more than any other way. You pray for yourself. You get the word of God on what the sickness is and what it says about that sickness, and then you just work the word. You pray for yourself. You receive your healing. That's one way. Every believer can do this. The second way is to have a family member pray for you. I remember as kids, the minute we got sick, we ran to mom and dad. <laughs> After a while, we had to stand on our own two feet, but we had faith in their faith to pray for us. Woo, we were like, yes. 
And even when you get saved, you may have a spiritual parent, right? And you have faith in their faith. You're like, you pray. <laughs> you just go ahead and pray whenever you pray. Someone told Keith Moore, Pastor Moore, he's out of uh, Sarasota and uh, Branson. They told him, anytime you pray, you just pray for me. He said, what am I praying for you for? I don't know, just pray for me every time you pray. He's like, that is the most laziest thing I have ever heard. Why should I take my time and pray for you? Pray for yourself. <laughs> and so he's like, and I'm a pastor. He's like, but yeah, anytime you pray, you just pray for me. What? <laughs> That's a little selfish. So it's like, you're supposed to pray for your pastor. But sometimes you have faith in other people's prayers. And so family members, what would happen? If we didn't just pray for our children or our grandchildren, but we prayed for the neighbor's kids too, and the adults too. So praying for others. And then the third way is found in James 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So call for the elder, elders or the spiritual leaders in this faith family who are full of faith and the word of God. How do you know that someone is full of faith and the word of God? Well, the first way is how they act and how they talk. Amen. If you come in and someone is, you're not going to have this in this church, someone is real negative and they're always talking about their sickness, you might not want that person to pray for you. You know that this is a sign thing? Yeah, that's a sign, a big sign. You may not want that, you know. But if they're always, you know, even if you know they're struggling, but they're like, I have the victory. I have it no matter what. This happened this week, but you know what? I got the victory. So uh, that's probably someone that you want to have pray with you. Just be cautious on who you ask to stand in agreement with you. But uh, you can see fruit. When someone is full of faith, and the word of God, it just pours out of them and you see the fruit. Amen? So that's another way. And that's why we have the vision we have. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers living aligned to the word of God. Amen? And we're making eternal impact in the lives of others. And that means we give the word first and final authority in our lives. Amen? And as we grow up into all things concerning the Father, then we get our needs and desires met. Then we're able to help others and make that eternal impact in their lives. And that's why we have that vision, because we want to be able to. Doesn't prayer healing someone, as we heard from T.L. Osborne on Wednesday, we were listening to that, uh, doesn't healing make an impact in someone's life? You heal someone, now they can go back to work, or you heal someone in the name of Jesus and through the power that's working in you, when you give healing to that person, what happens? They're impacted. <laughs> Whether saved or not, they're impacted. And then I said three ways, there's four, because we're talking about the fourth, fourth way. It's uh, you can receive healing, it's through the manifestation, obviously, of the gifts of healings. That's what we're talking about. And the Lord endows one of his servants with special gifts to pray for specific diseases. So the gifts of healings are manifested through another person to you supernaturally. That's the, that's the fourth way that you can receive it. God could supernaturally use you and I in this way if we make ourselves available to him. Amen? 
for this purpose. Glory to God. Now we said the devil has counterfeits for everything he does. And there are counterfeits for the gifts of healings. Uh, they, uh, Lester Summerall talked about uh, miracle healing where they performed in Philippines. They performed surgeries without knives. They used their fingers. And so people would come from all kinds of countries and they would go there to receive their miracle surgery. And it was done, you know, supposedly with their fingers. Now there's all kinds of things that happen like this. But he said they had a, a friend of theirs, uh, he was a physician, and the brother had gone to one of these places and he had gallstones and he said they were removed. But the brother was still struggling physically. So he talked him into going to have an x-ray done and to be examined. He still had the gallstones. They were still there. <laughs> so he was not healed <laughs> of the miracle surgery. And the problem was, it was a lot of money. It's very expensive. The devil's counterfeit will always cost you, whether financially or in another area. It's, there's always a trade-off. Always a trade-off. Always a trade-off when you are dealing with the devil. That spirit that's on that person by which they're doing that can get on you. And then you've got problems the rest of your life. And so there's always a trade-off when we work with the devil's counterfeit. Amen? But when we stick with God, you'll know. How do you know that it's a healing? How do you distinguish the real, the authentic healing from the counterfeit? Well, God's healings are always clean, pure, and above reproach. Always. 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 And they're free. The devil's healings are always mystical and shrouded by a cloud of doubt and all of that. And it will cost you. It will cost you. And so uh, I'm sure you can think of a few examples of the gifts of healings uh, throughout the Word of God. I mean, it does, it's very obvious to look at the healings in the Word of God. Uh, because of time's sake, I'll just do this really quick. But John 3, verse 34 uh, talks about Jesus and it says for he is sent by God he speaks God's words for God gives him the spirit without limit remember Jesus in his ministry had the spirit without any limitation remember when he was baptized by John and the dove came and descended well the Holy Spirit came and descended on him in the form of a dove and everybody heard this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You never saw Jesus do a miracle before that moment because that is when he received the Spirit without any limit. And he was able to have all the gifts of the Spirit operating through him. Now, we as the church, we don't have that full measure individually uh, where uh, there's a day coming, but I've seen moments when we've tapped into the book of Ephesians talks about the Jesus, the one who fills all and all with the fullness of him. We've been endowed with the fullness of him who fills all and all. And it says everywhere with himself. When we come together corporately, you bring your supply, you bring your supply, you bring your supply. That's a fuller supply of the spirit than I have individually. Amen? That's why the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is so important. Assembling together is so important because you have a supply of the Spirit. I have a supply of the Spirit. You do as well. We come together. 
Oh, <laughs> unlimited supply. Hallelujah. Full measure. So Acts 10.38 says, as you know, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing. It's good to heal. It's good to heal. All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Remember, he was baptized. Then he went about healing all. Jesus healed everybody that came to him and requested healing. Now you say, well, there was that instance. Yeah, there was an instance in Mark chapter 6 and verse 5. It says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few <laughs> sick people and heal them. And so he was only able to heal a few because the rest didn't believe. One translation says they were offended. Like, how could he? I changed his diapers when he was a baby. I used to babysit him. Who does he think he is? He's the son of a carpenter. Who does he think he is, this Jesus? Did he forget where he came from? You know, so they were offended. Like, huh, you think you're better than us. Ever hear that? You think you're better than us. No, I'm just different. <laughs> I'm not better than you. I'm just different. And so Jesus, they were offended, so he only could heal a few. It says he couldn't, couldn't, because unbelief will stop the healing. Unbelief will stop it. So we got to make sure there's no unbelief in our hearts, because Jesus is the healer, and he desires to heal everybody. Amen? Luke 17, you see him healing a group of leopards. Leopards. Lepers. <laughs> Even animals. Uh, lepers, he healed a group of lepers there, and they uh, weren't instantly healed, but as they went, uh, they were healed. And so we see them, uh, he, it was the gift of the working of uh, miracles that manifested. If that was the case, it would have been instant. But this was the gifts of healings. And so then we also see uh, in Paul's ministry, we talked about when they laid the handkerchiefs on people's bodies. Now, they probably had to travel for a while before they got those handkerchiefs where they needed to go. So it could have not been instant. It could have been, it couldn't have taken a while, uh, that kind of thing. So it doesn't tell us how long. So uh, we see there also, he was healed of fever and dysentery, not fun stuff. Uh, Acts 28, Publius, that's another healing. There are several others. Uh, all through the word of God, we could see it. I'm going to stop here because I want to just say this really quick. We can learn uh, things from scriptures about the gifts of healings, and we can also learn from men and women who have been more in recent days. And one thing I will say of the gifts of healings, and I've seen it done so many times, where people have been used in the gifts of healings uh, a good amount of time, and then they start exalting themselves. And they make sure every time they see you, they have to tell you how the gifts of healings manifest in my life all the time. And so they start to give glory to themselves and not the source of the gifts. And that was the demise of many men and women of God, even in more recent times as in like the 1950s. We had uh, William Branham. You will remember him. Glorious healings. Tremendous miracles took place in his ministries. And sometimes it's hard to stay humble when this starts to happen, and that's exactly what happened with William Branham. He developed doctrines that were not founded on the word of God and not founded in truth. And so he moved away, even though he was used by God with gifts and healings of, of all kinds. 
and miracles, all of that. Uh, he became known as a very controversial teacher. In 1965, he was hit by a drunk driver, and he lay in a coma until he died on Christmas Eve. People thought that God was going to raise him up from the dead because he had tremendous miracles. That was not the case. The end of his life was not good. Also, uh, one, of the, one of the men, uh, Alexander Dowie, Dr. Dowie, is another one. Uh, he began to let people give him the acclaim, give him the adoration for being used in these ways. And then he called himself the prophet Elijah, <laughs> built a whole network of, you know, kind of like a David Koresh thing. <laughs> and so he had one of those things going on, a cult. <laughs> and so uh, he had significant financial problems. And when he died, he died a broken man in 1907. Uh, Jack Coe was another one. You've probably heard his name. You can Google any of these guys. 1950s, large meetings with crowds of over 10,000 people. During his meetings, dozens of people would come out of wheelchairs and cots and glorious healings were attributed to him. Lester Sumrall went to numerous of his meetings and saw many people get up out of those situations. But uh, his life was cut short because he began to exalt himself instead of God. And he was diagnosed with polio in 1956. He told Gordon Lindsay, those of you who know Gordon Lindsay, he told him that God was removing him from the ministry. And he died in 1957. Why? Because they put themselves over. Remember, we said God does this as he chooses, right? And so then it's our job to stay humble with anything that God uses us. In any office that we stand in. In anything, anything that God makes sure we give him the glory. Because if not, it's not him that's striking us down. Oh, you're never going to do this again. No, but you open the door to the devil and you give him place. And so we don't want to give him place. We don't want to give the devil any opportunity. So we always bring the glory back to him. People will, oh, that was a wonderful message. That was a, and I'll say thank you, but I'm very cautious to not take any glory for myself to him be the glory for it because <laughs> I know nothing without the Holy Spirit. And so we just need to make sure that we covet these gifts, covet these gifts. And it says earnestly above everything, covet these gifts, ask the Lord, make yourself available for it. And then when it functions through you, when you operate in them, give him the glory for it. Every time, even the smallest manifestation, start there and bring him glory. Every time, every time. The more you do that, the more he'll use you. Amen? Glory to God. Ooh, I went through that fast. Come on and stand with me this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Praise God. All the glory to him. <laughs> and so uh, I thank, I'm thankful to him for uh, the opportunity to do this series. We're going to do one more because I want to talk about how we make ourselves available for it, and we're going to wrap it up. Amen. Just in time for the holidays. Woohoo! Christmas. His, his new thing is, yay, Christmas. And Nina's like, it's not Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> but it is. I love Christmas. I love the holidays. We have some fun things planned. Um, be, I'm going to dismiss those online. Those online, God bless you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us. We